Ganar. Ganar? Ganar. Ganar. Um, here I am. If you want to be an artist, you need to dedicate your life to it. really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me, but I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> Does it mean that I've grown? Now I don't call you no more. When I feel alone. February here, uh, and I, I couldn't feel more warmed by the wonderful outpouring of love uh, that you people have shown me uh, this this past week. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. A lot of donations from you guys, uh, and and nice little messages with those. I I. I Really appreciate it. I, I feel so grateful uh, to have you you all as uh, compatriots, and I feel like we're in this together. I know I'm the one like talking, but I, I somehow feel like we're all in this together, right? Don't you feel that way? Look, I, I would like to do a uh, do something that we don't normally do. I, I would I would like to do maybe in two weeks. I have somebody planned for next week. Uh, but uh, maybe the week after that we do this, where where we, uh, you guys give me your phone numbers, and maybe I'll, maybe I have to get like a landline. Should we get a landline? You guys want to get a landline? Maybe we'll do it so that I'm I'm on call for you at all times, uh, and you can leave you can leave your messages and stuff. Uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll do that. But um, let me know how what you think about that because your your opinion matters. Uh, but but maybe we do a uh, a fan appreciation. We so so we I, I basically you you give me your phone numbers, and uh, on a on a specified day, um, probably it would be a Saturday afternoon. That's when I like to uh, to to do stuff like this. We I would make some calls to you all, and we would have some short conversations, and I'd cut all those together into an episode. Listener appreciation week. How do you feel about that? Let me know. Okay, so um, yeah, please continue to donate because this is how I make my living right now um, until I go on another massive world tour and and make a little scratch like that. Um, this is how I'm making my living. So please continue to donate. You can do that on PayPal, the Wandering Wolf Podcast at gmail.com. You can figure that out. 
I, I tried to make like an instant pay button or whatever, but I couldn't figure it out. I'm not a tech wizard. If you're a tech wizard and you want to trick my shit out, please, by all means, let me know. Today, uh, I have my sister-in-law, Liz Wolf, nay Hodson, Liz Hodson, who I've known since the turn of the millennium, since I, I started going out to the Bay Area, uh, before, even before I lived out there, as you'll see. Uh, I, you know, th- this has been, I, I, I've wanted to have her on, but I was a little nervous because, you know, we did have, there is a rocky history. We would, you know, several times, I think, we, we got in fights and then stopped talking and things like this. So I, I didn't know, you know, if we wanted, how to navigate that, if we wanted to talk. But it ended up being really good. And I hadn't really sat down and talked to Liz for a long time. You know how it is with somebody that, that you're close to, but you don't necessarily have a conversation a lot. Uh, well, we, uh, we got to do that, and I, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, I, I, one other story that, that came to mind, actually, about the time that we, we lived together at, at, at some point, uh, I think in 2002, I believe it was, in Oakland. And a story that came to mind, actually, was the last time I did mushrooms, like magic mushrooms, like the drugs, uh, was at that time. And I, I, I did them with some friends around the, down the street, uh, some music friends, and they kicked in, and I started to feel uneasy. There was a lot of loud music being played. There was like vibes, weird vibes in the in the house that I was in while we were tripping, you know? You know that feeling of maybe you haven't done those drugs. If you haven't, don't. There's no need. And so I left. I said, I got to get out of here. And as you'll see later, I was really depressed at the time. It was, it was not the best time for me. So I left there and I went to the house on Whitney where we, where we lived. And uh, no one was there except uh, Liz's cat. Poto was his name. He was that's my favorite cat ever. Actually, I, I listened to like a a, a rough master, a, a pre master of Oakland Asylum Asylum, my fir- the first sort of official Y record, and it was so dark and sad I, that I, I I felt awful. I felt so lonely. Uh, and, and, you know, the drug was happening and, and just chasms of loneliness and despair and self-hate, maybe. And I didn't know what else to do. I, I, I was hoping when I had gone there that Liz would be home. It was just her and I that lived there at the time. So I called her. I guess she had a cell phone. I didn't have a cell phone at the time. And she was down on 23rd Street. I lived at 59th Street, so it was a long way down. I decided to ride my bike down there. Now, I had a little Huffy. Unbeknownst to me, it was a Huffy. I was told it was a red line. It had a red line stem, but I was told later that the frame was a Huffy frame. This is a shitty little bike, okay, under the guise of, of a red line with a gold red line stem. A, a, a trick bike, a little little ch- children's trick bike with yellow mags. It's on the back of the uh, Oakland Asylum Asylum cover, if you see that. So I got on my bike and rode down there. Maybe, you know, it's maybe a half an hour ride, maybe a little longer than that. 
it was Friday night. And I don't know how much you know about Oakland, but there were sideshows going on, whatever the fuck they call it, the cars. Everybody had their cars out, okay, on the strip, on, down on Broadway. And it was loud as fuck, and everybody was, you know, screaming and hollering, and there were cops everywhere. I, I just was so, there was no confidence, no confidence within myself while I was riding, and I... You know, I remember riding past cars and then be like, get out the fucking way, you know, this kind of thing. And just almost getting shaken by my nerves right off the bike, you know, and onto the uh, pavement. And in, in my heart that whole time, the pavement and the concrete were just the hardest. I just could, all I could imagine was bones smashing on that concrete, you know, and all the sounds were the loudest sounds imaginable, and everything was was mean and aggressive and angry. Maybe you know that feeling. I just needed I needed some sort of soft, quiet. I could have used like harp music and uh, mounds of cotton or something. I should have been in in like a toilet paper commercial. That would have been ideal for that moment. You know what I'm saying? I would have liked to be in, in like a Temple Grandin crush machine, if, if you know what I mean, but made out of like futon. <laughs> Finally, I, uh, I got down to where she was hanging out. I was like, oh, what's going on? How you doing? I just needed some company. I just needed some company. I was tripping hard in a bad way. What, how's it going? What, uh, what are you up to? Oh, um, so-and-so's coming over. We're going to go to this house dancing party. House music. You should come. Hell no, 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 I'm not going to come. That was frustrating, but there was nothing, I, you know, I wasn't going to try to convince her not to go and, and to hang out with me in, in uh, silence. Because that's boring for someone that's not on psychedelic drugs, right? I play, you know, sit around and play Milton Bradley or something. No. So, okay, fine. And uh, got back on the bike. Let's go bike. And rode another half hour, 45 minutes up north. Back up to uh, 59th and Whitney. And continued my sad evening. More than sad, despair. You know, uh, but I had the I had Poto, I had Poto, and I was taking full advantage of of him being around. And he was the kind of cat that was almost like hanging out with a four year old child or something like that. He was pretty responsive, and he liked company. Anyway, that was the last time I did those kind of drugs, and I think I'll never do that again. I would like to try ayahuasca. I guess maybe that's what I need is an ayahuasca journey. Go down to Peru, into the jungles, and uh, see what that's about. And really get reborn into this world psychologically. Just a clean slate. I feel like if anything's wrong with me, it's that I, I'm dragged down by my all the residues of different eras of weirdness that, that uh, I've had within myself and and uh all the all the low self-confidence and self-hate and all that stuff that that uh that I have 
left over from childhood or something. The blockades that I put up against myself, whether it be, you know, eating too much so that I, you know, remain in this slightly sick state always or wasting too much time on my phone. The phone is the goddamn devil, right? I I, I swear I'm five millimeters away from uh, going and getting a, a Nokia flip phone, getting rid of this damn apple of the devil. There's no, there's no coincidence why they call it apple. Think about that. Adam and Eve, the apple and all this business. Knowledge, the fruit of the knowledge, ruining mankind forever. Think about that. Think about that shit. So, yeah, there's, there's some good stories in here. Uh, we, we rehash the old days. We talk about stuff that we, the two of us, Liz and I, have not discussed maybe ever. Uh, a lot of stuff that that's kind of hard to talk about. At the very end, of the, the po- there's a little postscript if you want to hang around for it. The post outro, outro, as I like to do sometimes, which is heart heartfelt and I think uh, gets gets to the to the bottom of things for both her and I. So uh, let's get into this. It's another long one. Okay, and maybe we're going to just do long ones from now on, depending on who it is, obviously. But if I get into it with somebody and it feels like it's going to go longer and we need to get to the heart of things and it needs to go longer, I'm going to do it because uh, I hope you don't mind. But this is not a fucking formatted show. You know, I'm I'm not on uh, Clear Channel. No one's telling me this needs to be 53 minutes. No, it doesn't really matter. So if you guys don't mind... I don't mind. I like long conversations. Sometimes I feel like we don't get to the root of things until two and a half hours in. So sometimes, I have, especially with, with somebody that I know so well, or family, you know, it's going to go, it's going to go deep. So uh, I guess the la- really, I just got to get my mom now. I don't know if she'll do it or not. I asked her. She was, she's trepidatious. We'll see. Uh, okay. Well, let's get into it. This is Liz Wolf. I'm here um, with Liz Wolf, a.k.a. Dream Tiger. Yes, that's me. Uh, my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, uh, my friend for m- many years. I've been thinking about it all day. Did you have, that's the cat. There are animals here, that's the way it is here. I have been thinking about it all day. I, listen, I just also listened to Josiah's podcast, oh, okay. which was good. It was a nice educational experience. I liked it. Yeah. I haven't been interviewed more than maybe one or two times in my yeah. life. Well, this is different anyway. We're just yeah. Gonna, it's free form, well, as you I'm, know. I think I'm excited and nervous also just to talk to you because it's you. Yes. And we, yes. we have, like, such a long history together in yes. all these different ways that the conversation, I feel like, could go so many different directions. You're an interesting case uh, of someone who... You know, you only started doing music a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, but you, you've you been so deep into music and into the music scene, and all your friends were always musicians, and all, like... Yeah. Since I've known you. Yeah. Which is, well, let's say when we met, which was around 2000. 2000, I'd say, yeah. Uh-huh. Through Adam Drucker. 
That's right. Um, so before I met you, I'd kind of listened to a little bit of your stuff. And and we met at one of those Rico shows, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's where I met all of you guys. I think I was there with Kavai, who I was dating at the time, and Ethan, my friend Ethan, who introduced me to all of the Anticon stuff that was going on. He had met Adam and really loved, like, all the weird music. He loved, right. like, the weirdest music you could ever find. Right. Especially if it had anything to do with hip-hop also. Yes. I was really mostly just into Adam's stuff at first. And then when I saw you guys at Rico's, I was like, whoa, this whole, this is a whole thing. And this is so amazing. I'd never been to any, like, I'd never experienced music like that before. I know a lot of people kind of say that when they're introduced to, like, early Anticon stuff. But it was true. It really, that's really how I felt. And then I was like, oh, I want to hang out with these guys and see yeah. what that's about. And I, I, I flew in. You know, I didn't live there yet. Yeah, that was like when when Adam had moved out there before I did. Yeah. And I remember you 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 had you had your hair. If I <laughs> recall, what you had like all these. I don't know if you remember this. Like I don't know how to explain this. Almost like Bjork. Yeah, it on, was very yeah. Yeah, on that one album cover or whatever right. that was. Yeah, her like first all these, one. All these little Debut. like. What do right. you call that? They're like little mini balls, like little buns, right. all over my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I was sort of like coming out, not even coming out. I was still sort of in the like weird rave scene. Yeah. That I was getting really kind of sick of. But, uh, yeah, I was still sort of dressing kind of crazy. That was not a good time in fashion for me. I mean, you have, you've gone point. through many different periods yeah. of style since I've known you, and I can only imagine. Oh, since I, yeah, since I could, since like, were, dress myself pretty yeah, much. Yeah, um, That's always been something I've really been interested in. Yes. Um, yeah, when I, I, you know, if you want to go into youth stuff... Yes. Segue from that into youth. Please. I think, I like, my mom would call me a chameleon even when I was really young. Uh-huh. I, that kind of started early. I've never really been, I don't know if it was just because I had such a strange experience as a child. Like, it was so nuclear. How do you mean by strange experience? I, I didn't, I, I've never felt comfortable staying too much the same for too long. I don't feel safe that way, I guess. I don't know. I don't like settling into something and staying there. What do you think that stems from? I think it stems, now that I have all this, like, distance from that time, I think it stems really from being with a parent that was very unstable emotionally and um, just also as, like, a character. She was very unpredictable and she was extremely influential to me. Yeah. Like the most influence of any person ever in my life was was her. And we also moved around constantly. Like we never but within my mom's the, never within owned the a Bay house. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Different neighborhoods we're, of Berkeley. He, well we're talking about the Bay Area. We ne- we I don't know if we said that yet. Okay, but Liz grew up in Berkeley into Oakland. Yeah. When I was about two years old, my mom moved us to Berkeley um, 
from Connecticut, which is where I was born in New Haven. And she grew up in that area, like a little suburb in Br- called Bramford outside of New Haven, Connecticut. Um, actually, had moved to the desert first. She had a friend that lived there. So when I was a year and a half old, we moved to the desert. I think it was for like six months. Okay. In, and she's in pretty like damn dead. hippie. Yes. No. Yeah. Well, no. She was really artsy. Okay. And this was an older woman that she knew from Connecticut, sort of a mentor. She always had, like, an older woman that was a mentor in her life, mother-type figure. And I have, like, weird little memories of that, which is strange because I was so young. And I have, like, really limited memories, actually, in general of being a child. Mm -hmm. Until when? When do you start to have uh, just strong memories? Maybe not till I was ten or eleven. Okay, and what what are those? What what sticks out at that time? My mom got sick, like physically. She was bedridden. Um, a lot of problems with emotional instability and just mental. I didn't understand it then. I mean, she was suddenly unable to do anything. She was just in her bed all the time. And what was the cause of it? What did you say was the cause of it? That she had some kind of like, I don't know, like just chronic fatigue or... I was very unclear. nebulous thing that put her in bed all the time. Yeah. It was so unclear. But she stopped taking me to school. She stopped doing... Like a lot of things, I think it was really in hindsight. I think she just had a complete mental breakdown, nervous breakdown, nervous yeah. breakdown, whatever you call it. And like so, yeah. So my memories as a child really started, I think, with that age, which was I think I was about eleven, uh-huh. really, when I remember her, just always in bed. And she pretty much never changed after that. Okay. So that was a big shift for her. Do you think something really happened big. in her life? Like, to... Yeah, she... I mean, she has lupus now. She was just sick all the time, physically, and... I don't know. It, like I said, it was not clear to me really what was going on with her. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think she but protected it was, you it was from that? Or do you me. think that she just didn't know um, herself? She didn't really know. And yeah, I think part of her probably wanted to protect me in some ways. Although she told me all of her business all right. the time. <laughs> right, right. I mean, true. we were very close, best yeah. friends, you know, and we're only 20 years apart. And people, when I was older, thought we were sisters. It was like that yeah. kind of thing. But, uh. Are you, uh, let me just, as an aside, are you, are you conscious of the fact that she'll probably listen to this. Oh, I, I, I'm expecting her to be listening to yes. this. You know, she, yeah, she just contacted me an email the other day just to tell me about her cat. Uh-huh. Her new cat. And send me a photo of herself. And I, Yeah, so it was strange. And are you, do you have an, an urge? I mean, I know you do Always. in some ways to reconnect. Always, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's weird. I certainly did not ever expect this is how my life was going to turn out. What, that you would not have a relationship with your mom? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that I could, at some point when I was younger, make it work out. But by the time I was 
15 or 16 that was clearly not going to be the case. But you tried all the way up until you were mid-20s or even later. Yeah. Yeah, on and off. I mean, I would... It was such a dysfunctional relationship that I... And then I would miss her so much that I would have to, like... Because I don't have a relationship with anyone in my family, so I don't... I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to feel like an orphaned child, you right. know? I would love to have had, like, a clearer head about things, I guess, too. But that wouldn't have been possible either. Because um, you were too much inside the situation? Yeah, I mean... How would... Like, when when you would stop talking to her, was, was it because, like, something would come to a head? Like, a, yes. a big blowout fight, pretty much? Yeah. So... Again, as you you know, but no one else really knows that would hear this. Um, I grew up just with my mom, and with these sort of men- mental uncertainties is what I guess I would call them now. Unpredictable behavior. She's very erratic. She's extremely intelligent, very manipulative, and really like very strong-willed. <clears throat> but also incredibly weak mm-hmm. and was constantly giving in to all of these things that had happened to her in her own childhood that she really just wasn't dealing with or wasn't unable to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then having a child when she was not cured of those things or whatever you call Did, that. Was she, going, was she going to therapists and things like that when you were growing up? To try to figure out... Um, yeah, she was. Yeah, I went actually to the same therapist as her for a while. Which was kind of weird. I didn't really like that. But he was good. He was weird, but he was a good therapist. He's a young, very Jungian uh-huh. therapist, so it was like a lot of meditative stuff and... Subconscious Sandboxes. Stuff. There were a lot of sandbox play. like. For What, for kids? So that... Not just for kids, I don't think, but I think, yeah, probably more so. Like, you would have a sandbox, and he had all these little figures, uh-huh. and you would, I think you would, like, create scenarios and, and use the sandbox and the characters as ways of dealing with situations that you were experiencing. I remember when I, you know, when I was a kid, I went to a therapist, um, and she, she was like, you know, draw me a picture. Of- right. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I was a teenager at this point, though. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a little kid, though. I did start. I personally started going to therapy. My mom put me in therapy at a very early age, and I wouldn't talk to anyone. I would make it very clear that whatever was going on with me, which was nothing, was none of their business, and there was absolutely no point even trying to talk to me. And I would definitely just play with toys, and and they were like child psychiatrists or whatever specifically trying to talk to kids well, about why do you, well, repressed I have no idea why I was put in was therapy. She, was she projecting, you think? Was that was it like I think she was probably in her mind if I could go so far as to try to speak for her, I think that she probably thought she grew up in such an awful situation and was so crazy and really wanted to sort of like 
prevent me from going crazy also. Right, so, so it was she prophylactic was like, therapy. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> if she just starts talking now, she'll never be angry. She'll never have problems. Right. Which is exactly the opposite of what happened. Right. Because Which is what? Which is what I got angry. I started acting out. What does acting out mean? Acting out means, I mean... You know what it means. You've had episodes yourself where you get angry and you can't fucking control your physical body because the rage inside of you is so strong and you have, like, no way of releasing it unless it becomes physical. What kind of shit did you do? I broke things constantly. I'd th- I would throw things across the wall. I would tear everything that was on my walls off the walls, throw furniture... Mostly it was my own stuff. Over some petty shit or over, like... No. I didn't think it was petty. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it was just an overall... Just a build, a big build-up that a was build constantly... Up. Yeah. I wasn't a bad kid. I was a good kid, and I loved my mother to death. And completely trusted her. And then I realized one day that she was not a person to be trusted. What made and you realize that? And that shattered my entire world. What and made then you I got angry. That? Um. Well, first, first, her being sick was just naturally infuriating because she was the only person taking care of me, and now I have like suddenly had to start doing that myself in a way. So Did that you have was to take like, care of her too in a way. No, she still had enough friends who constantly were taking care of her until they stopped speaking to her because she just needed so much from them that they just finally were like, I can't do anything else for you. Um, So, which kind of is really sad because it happened with a lot of people in her life, which then happened to me. In my own life, but it was more like I just was constantly angry at people, so then they wanted to stop talking to me. Um, Do you think that you've figured that out over the years? Figured which part out? I think you have. I mean... I mean, I feel like a normal person, mostly. That you... I mean, when I first started getting to know you... Yeah. It, it seemed like you were... Extremely volatile. Now, I'm not saying you're not still volatile in some ways. <laughs> I know. But way, way less yeah. than... than or, or you seem to have come up with methods of controlling yourself. Whereas... Both I, are true. Uh, yeah. Both are true. Yeah. And yeah, when, when you and I met, I... Was and you would you, you couldn't get along with un- girls. I felt like you no. would start to have a relationship with a female, and then no. it was like boom, oh, something God, would happen. So, it was over. It was the saddest thing ever, actually, because I really love women and I respect them so much. But I I couldn't have any. I mean, I just couldn't keep a relationship with them, you know. And I really couldn't keep a relationship with very many people at at all in my early twenties. That was like. When you and I met, that was sort of like the the beginning of the unraveling of, of my of life. You? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I had sort of gone like into this peak of denial of like anything being wrong with me. Mm-hmm. That it was only everything was wrong with 
with my mom, and as long as I could stay away from it, I would be fine. But the denial was becoming like harder and harder to maintain, mm -hmm. and I was getting more and more angry more frequently, and just feeling like an insane person. And you were starting to use drugs a lot at that time. Yeah, to to, to ward under off the guise of being twenty and and you know right. having a great time and experimenting. But in reality, it was probably stuff. trying to avoid. Oh yeah. Feelings, you know, yeah. bad feelings. Yeah, I I was not brave enough to become a heroin addict. No. But I thought about wanting to do that, which is a weird thing. Isn't that weird to think to like consciously make the decision to to become a drug addict? Like yeah. that sounds luxurious. That doesn't actually sound like. <laughs> was that? Out but of was heroin even in your world? Or not so much. It had been a little bit. People, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my late teens, I had a couple friends. Um, the whole Gaylord scene and well, shit. Well, well, this was before that. This was. Well, the Gaylord scene, when I started hanging out there, was way more punk rock. Yeah. Which is what all my friends, before I started going to raves, I sort of did a 180. I hung out at Gilman And constantly. you liked that kind of music, too? I found something interesting about it, and I really loved a lot of the people that I met through that, and... A You're lot back to of your green were... hair, by the way. You probably had green hair at that time. It was black mostly, black. like my soul. <laughs> but you, <laughs> and my but, pants. but you would hang out up there when you were like what, sixteen, um, seventeen? As soon as I moved out of my mom's house, which was, uh, I guess, late late sixteen. Yeah. Early seventeen. Um, I moved to Fortieth and Broadway area to stay with Ian. I ended up living with her for like three years. Um, Ian is, was kind of like Ian your, was like my father figure. Growing up. Your mom's friend. My mom's best friend, um, who passed away a few years ago. Miss Kitty's getting on my nerves. Miss Kitty! <whistles> she usually listens. So you, you moved in with Ian. I moved in with Ian on 40th. Amazing apartment. Like penthouse. Filled to the brim with insane crap because he was a hoarder. Really? Oh yeah. What was he? What was he doing for work? Uh, well, he worked. He worked at a number of places. He worked at um, Doctor Comics and Mister Games, really only to fuel his comic habit, which yeah. was insane. Yeah. Uh, and then he worked at movie theaters, which he had done since he was like twenty, probably or even younger. Uh, well, he also did like electrical engineering. Engineering, so? I okay. guess. Uh huh. Where, say, you build a studio, he would be one of the people. Building your studio. I see. Putting in all of the electronic components, all of the cabling. He made, he soldered cables. Like, uh -huh. but, but, when, so, when but he moved, was a hoarder. When you moved in with him, you, you, you turned punk, is what you're. Yeah, I started at. hanging out with Hana uh -huh. again, who I'd known from kindergarten. Who now owns Lane Splitters. Yeah, her and her husband are uh, two of the owners <clears throat> of Lane Splitters Pizza. Pizza, Pizzeria, and Pub. Mm hmm. But we had coincidentally moved a few blocks away from each other. She lived down the street on 40th. And she was already going to Gilman and hanging out with little 
dirty little punk kids. And we need to explain what Gilman is. Gilman, I mean, actually, Gilman Street, actually, I talked cool. about Gilman with with Amy on the podcast. Oh but, yeah, but Gilman right. Street is is like basically where punk rock started right. in the in the U.S. Right. It's one of the or at places least on the West that Coast. on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you had CBGBs in sure, the seventies. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, Gilman is more. I guess Gilman is like more where the later later punk scene yeah, started. Yeah, it's it's where bands like Green Day first played. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Bay Area bands. Sam I Am, which was Amy's brother's band, which is weird because I would go see them. Yeah, and that's such a strange small. It's actually not that strange, but it's a funny little connection. Yeah. Um, AFI, who are like this weird huge pseudo punk band now. Mm-hmm. They were one of my favorite bands, who I'd actually heard of in high school uh, before I ever started going to any punk shows. I used to see that guy all the time at Lane's Square. I had the hugest crush on him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Davey Havoc. Davey. Yeah, yeah. Davey Havoc. Anyway, so yeah, so I started hanging out with her and was introduced to that whole scene. Did you start going with, like... The punk boys that you met there and stuff? Yeah, I, um... Well, I met my my friend Martin, who lived down, like, right around the corner from me. And his whole house, which was the Opal Street house, which was disgusting. I'm sure. Which was weird, because he was impeccably clean and organized. Uh-huh. But he lived in this, like, total shithole. It was yeah. so gross. But, uh, yeah, so I started hanging out with Hannah, and then I met him... And sort of my punk rock world was, like, opened. And I, the first time I ever took acid, I went to Gilman. Uh-huh. Which was oh, not... Awful. It was the worst idea <laughs> yeah. ever, actually. I just couldn't handle it. It was way Get too... Stuck. I was so paranoid and... And I, I was, like, chain-smoking because mm-hmm. I couldn't... I just couldn't stop being in this one little space. It was uh-huh. awful. All my other experiences were awesome, but that was the worst. How, did you do acid a lot? I did it enough yeah. times for it to be, like... Those were legitimate acid experiences. Yeah. I really liked them. I, um... Mostly did it in Santa Cruz... Um, Why is it? Because it was beautiful there. But you would you would purposely go to Santa Cruz to do acid, or, or you were hanging well. Out? I was I started getting tattooed when I was eighteen, uh-huh. and Hannah's ex boyfriend, like love of her life when she was a teenager, tattooed me. So I was getting pretty much free tattoos and an acid hookup. Okay. In Santa Cruz. I see. I see. And. It was beautiful there. Yeah, I, yeah. I am so glad I did it there a number of times. Um, because there's a lot of just beautiful scenery. It's free, spirited. You can just walk around and totally feel safe. Most people there are on acid at, at and any given time. Right, everyone's on acid. <laughs> or meth. Meth probably nowadays. Probably more, yeah. yeah. It's gross. Uh, okay, and then how? Uh, yeah, I assume your next big transition was into radio. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. Um, aside from my very small group of friends that I really liked in that scene, I was getting really sick of how negative it was. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a... It's just, and I also don't like being dirty. Yes. I was the cleanest person I knew. Yeah. And 
I kind of, I just liked those people that I met. And I was sort of fascinated by how they lived their lives and that they virtually survived on nothing. Right. And I could be a different person. You know, I was leaving my relationship with my mom for the first time. Legitimately. Like, I had stopped speaking to her mm-hmm. as for as long as I could possibly get away with it, which was difficult because I lived in Ian's house and she was constantly calling to talk to me, which I didn't want to do. So, anyway, so I stopped communicating with her and I just, like, dove into this new life. Mm-hmm. Which was very welcoming on the inside, but if you look at it from like a global perspective, it's not, it was not very inviting. I mean, right. I can't drink a 24 pack of Pabst. Right. Like those guys could. Right. But you, you know. can drink a 12 pack of Pabst. 12 pack is another story. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just, I couldn't really hang with how angry everybody was. Even sure. though I was really angry all the time. I just, but it was bringing you further down. I felt like it was kind of bringing me down. So I just did a total flip. And somebody, like, int- again, it's like, oh, people are always introducing me. Because I'm very lazy. I get introduced to things. And I'm like, oh. But hold on, hold okay. on. You're out of high school by now. Yeah, I left high school when I was 16. Right. Okay. That should be said. So I did not you, graduate... You didn't graduate high school. Right. When you when you left? Well, I did. I mean, I took a proficiency exam. Right. And graduated with a, you know, a little whatever proficiency. The California high school proficiency exam is what I took, which was about 7th or 8th grade level. Which is level. what, like a GED kind of? Yeah, it's GED for younger kids. GED okay. is for if you just, you really can't graduate. You're I 18. See. I see. You're still in high school. <laughs> You're not graduating. But this thing is just to say she can read and write and do math. I was sold that it's for bright kids right. who want to go on to college early. Or I do see. Something. I see. I was not going to high school hardly at all. Yeah. I only went to dance class, of which I think I took two classes a day, and drama for doing like set design work, which I really loved, and then pottery. Okay. And sometimes I went to my English class. It's only the fun shit. Yeah. I don't know how I got away with it. Yeah. But I I really did not have a GPA. Yeah. <laughs> at all. You actually. just didn't care. You just no. did not give a fuck. I cared about the art stuff. I yeah. really liked it. And you grew up dancing, right? Yeah. The, I did ballet, ballet um, from like five years old until 13. And then I took a break. And then I got back into it when... I was maybe 15, yeah. and then stopped permanently when I was 18. Okay. Because I had started getting into other things. I got a tattoo, I cut off my hair, I was yeah. bleaching it, I was smoking, I was not into Right, the that lifestyle life. that comes along with No. And I knew I, I had stopped, I stopped when I was 13, when I had been doing point for about a year, I think. And so I was having private lessons as well as group class, and I just wasn't into it. Mm-hmm. It was not for me. It was another thing that my mom was, you know, like, yeah, you're going to be a dancer. Right. You know, right. It's like, 
Yeah. Right, some was, weird projection of an idea of what she would want right. for herself. Which was true because mini she her. wanted to dance when she was little, and her mom made her take piano lessons uh-huh. for like her whole life. So she was miserable having having had to do that instead of what she really wanted to do, which was do ballet and dance around and be free. Right. So the fact that I wanted to. I mean, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. But stopping at that time was, it was literally the worst time physically to stop doing something that needs so much discipline. And when you're at the age of 12 or 13, you start developing as a a person physically. Mm -hmm. Your hormones change. And if you stop doing the thing that is going to form your body in a particular way as your body's forming itself... You're not going to be able to reintegrate as easily a couple years later. Reintegrate back Physically. into the, back into dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I see what you're saying. It's so strenuous. Yeah. You don't do other things. You don't have right. little sleepovers and have fun times. Right. It's the like full. It's the full old. deal. It is. It's all or nothing. And my mom was like, "You're going to go to New York City Ballet. You know, you have to like be really good if you're going to get into a school." Right. And by the time you're 18, you're too old. Like, that's it. That's like the cutoff age. If you're right. over 18, you're not getting into a school. Right. You're never going to be a professional dancer. Right. She wanted you to go to, like, Juilliard or some shit like that. or Not Juilliard. She wanted me to get into a company, San Francisco Ballet, preferably New York City Ballet, which was sort of the ideal place. It right. obviously was not going to happen. It wasn't. I just wasn't dedicated enough. And so I quit. You were too rogue. Yeah, I don't know. It takes. I mean, it's a certain like kind of person. Controlled. To be a ballerina, like you are. You're a puppet. I mean, mm-hmm. like it's beautiful. It's a beautiful art form. But but you're a, you're a puppet of the choreographer. You know, and and yeah. your your body is theirs. Yeah, and then it and then it crumples. Yeah, by exactly. the time you're my age now, exactly. like my career you're would used, be over. Yeah, I would be forced to start teaching. Right. You'd have all kinds of problems. You already have problems with some of your yeah, you know, joints or whatever. Ex- You'd have way more. Exacerbated. Yes. But I did love it. I mean, I really loved having class. I loved going to the ballet. We always went to the San Francisco Ballet. Season tickets, you know, all every time. I, I mean, I met dancers. I have, like, a signed pair of shoes from after a show. I still have them. And... If we could go to see the New York City Ballet when we would visit my grandparents in Connecticut, that was one of my, it was like a bit, it was awesome mm-hmm. to see ballet in New York. It was really cool. Um, okay, but let, yeah. let's get back into rave. Okay. Well, <laughs> so, so the you, happy times. So what, what, what pulled you in that direction? Did you meet somebody? Oh, did, 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 I must have met somebody. Is that somebody. when you met Kavai or something or... or? Well, I'd already done ecstasy, actually, long before I ever went to a rave. Okay. Um, my best friend in high school had tried it, and she was like, oh my god, this is, an am- this is amazing. Whatever is going on with this drug is incredible. You have to try it. Right. So, we procured some for an evening at her mom's house. Um, her mom was out of town, naturally. And I feel like I like going to buy this stuff, which is an insane idea because we were 15 or mm-hmm. 16. 
we drove so far or took a bus or something so far to get there to this guy that she had met who dealt ecstasy and lived in a trailer park uh-huh. in Concord or somewhere right. crazy, like out of the way. Raver, 20-something probably. And I had two best friends in high school and the three of us decided, we're like, okay, we're going to have some friends over, have some drinks for people. It's going to be great. We're going to just do this. We're going to be together. And it was amazing. It was amazing. It took like two and a half hours for it to actually start working. For it to kick in. For me. Okay. Because I have a very strong mind to uh-huh. resist the effects of drugs, <laughs> right, I think. Right, right. Yeah, so I'll, like, deny... You wouldn't be getting getting Jedi mind tricked or nothing like that. No. Yeah. But once it happened, that was it. I was done. It was over for me. Yeah. I had succumbed. Well, you were like, I have to do whatever it takes to be a part of this drug. If it means becoming a raver... (laughs) No, I am... This was a few years, four years before that happened. Okay, okay. Um, And I told my mom about it later because... My mom was also, as crazy as she was, she was also the cool, hip mom, uh-huh. who was totally fine with anyone doing drugs, as long as they weren't shooting up needles, and and as long as we talked about it. So she, we said, she sat we you down safe. at some point and was like, tell yes. me about everything you're doing, I'm not going to judge. I mean, before I ever did ecstasy, or acid, or smoked weed, or anything... The only thing I wasn't allowed to do was smoke cigarettes, which I immediately started doing. Because of that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it was like, enemy number one was cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, she sat me down and another friend of mine and was like, I just want you to know that if you want to experiment, you want to explore <laughs> psychedelic drugs or anything like that, I'm. you can do that and I'll be okay with it as long as you know that you... You know, you can tell me, and you just make sure you're safe about it. I mean, when I think about it in hindsight, like, my mom at that time was my age now. She was 35. Right. If I had a 15-year-old kid now, yeah. I would probably be saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't... I mean, that's irresponsible in some ways. But you but know I they're going to get into that right, shit they're gonna anyway. get into, And that's my mom's thought, was yeah. like, you need to be educated. Right. Which I'm very grateful for. Because I really hated the fact that my parent, my friend's parents were really conservative and really yeah. strict. And they couldn't talk to their parents at all. Right, right. And I could say anything I wanted. I could swear if I wanted to. Most of the time I swore in her face. But, uh-huh. you know, I could, I could say things. That, and we could have actual conversations like real people. Yeah. Which was not happening to my friends. No, and their most families. people don't grow most up with parents do like that. Most people will have to not, they have to hide most things from their parents and they have to yeah. not have real conversations with their parents. Yeah. In theory, the way that my mom tried to raise me was good. Mm-hmm. But she has no boundaries right. whatsoever, so neither did I. And that turned wrong. It turned against us because if you don't have boundaries, how can you, I mean, you just can't function. I cannot function without boundaries. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, boundary? what boundaries do you have now? Like boundaries that Josiah sets upon you or something? 
No, I mean, I probably set more boundaries on him at this yeah. point. Um, well, a big one for me is, is like, physical space. Mm-hmm. Just the way that I grew up with my mom was in such, like, I mean, there was constant nudity, not a problem, unless you take it too far. I mean, I just was like, I had no private space. Mm-hmm. I could be showering. And my mom would be in there. And I and it would be, like, infuriating to her or just flabbergasting that I would want to actually have some privacy. Right. It was just like, we share everything. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm a distance from it, I, I think that was such a violation. Like, you have to have boundaries. Right. I, the boundary, really, that's important to me is if if you say no to me, I have to be okay with that. Right. At some point. You right. know, I might tell you I'm not okay with it, but I really have to give you what you need. Right. And vice versa. Like, if I'm like, no, this, I'm not into this. Right. You gotta, you gotta be like, okay, well, that makes me unhappy, but whatever. But she, she, she really wanted this, like, privacy-free, like, yeah. we're, we're one person. I mean, do, yes. like, I, I, I get the feeling, and, 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 and I, I think I, I've kind of said this already, but there's just that, like, you were this redo or something for herself that she wanted yeah. to mold into yes. what she thinks she had wished she had done, like ways right. she had wished she had been or could have been, or, you yeah. know, maybe she wished she didn't have such a fucked up childhood, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, definitely. She really wanted the best, but the way that she went about it was a little bit of like a mommy dearest kind of, like yeah. that's, in, in reality, that's really what it it was starting to feel like. Yeah, that's un- I mean, that can't it's, be healthy. No, You're your own it's person. not. And I wasn't. Right. That was the thing. Is right. I wasn't allowed to be myself. Yeah. Myself was unknown to me. And any time that I would try, consciously or subconsciously, to become something on my own or have my own, t- you know, interests or whatever, they were immediately... Uh, either shut down or reevaluated. Like, mm-hmm. uh, sure, you know. And she just had so many opinions, and she was just she she lived in and still lives. I can only imagine in such a fantasy mm-hmm. of books and films mm-hmm. and records. I mean, she's a huge music person. Uh, went to film school, loves crazy, weird films, dark films, you know, stuff that I have definitely inherited and feel yeah. like I love those things too, right. genuinely, as my own individual person. But those were things, like, I was sat down and said, these are the things that you need to have right? in order to be, like, a really amazing person. Right. And because these are all the things that I love, and I'm an amazing person. What were those things, those specific things? Like, what what musical artists, what what, uh, movies, what directors? Well, I think I've told you this before. I remember my mom sitting me down to tell me I was finally ready to see Terminator 2, which is kind of a shitty example, because it's not a good movie. She loved... She, I think, also in her mind, she had many fantasies, of, like of what who she was. Yeah. One of them was Sarah Connor. Oh gosh. She okay. loved that character. She was just like ripped and 
you know, just so independent and dedicated and on this mission, this fucking mission, and nobody else in the world understood her. Right. And she was just like, that's me. See, I thought I you were going to I am so misunderstood. Say, I thought you were going to say, like, Godard or something like well, that. Well, she also like, loved, yeah, I mean, she loved a lot of really beautiful films. Yeah. But mostly my mom liked really fucked up, weird stuff. Yeah. You know, the... One of my favorite movies still is Performance. I love the soundtrack, and it's... That's the one with Mick Jagger? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and James Fox. And it's a fucked up movie. You know, it's like... It's fucked up in the way that Apocalypse Now is fucked up. In right. the sense that it was, like, very real for the people that were involved in that movie. Right. And traumatizing. And crazy stuff was happening to them, literally, while they were doing it. And then it was captured in the film. Right. Which is not stuff that really happens anymore, so it's kind of cool. But, you know, so it was, like, always very serious and artistic. Like, and my mom made weird movies and then put me in them. And the last movie I did was, I think I was 15, called Metaphors. And I did not enjoy that experience at all. I have it on tape. That's a tough and age never, to enjoy that kind never. of thing. And you know what's really weird, too? Is when I look at Lord, I'm like, oh my god, that's what I looked like in that movie. Not as beautiful as her. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm sure that I'm Lord. But I was like 15. My hair was like that when uh. I was that age. And I had a hairdresser for this movie. And I wore like this crazy dark lipstick. But anyway. And what, what music was your mom pumping down your throat? Kate Bush. Yes. Who is still, to me, the world. Um, yeah, so she had a, I mean, like... She was really cool, actually. Yeah. I've been thinking about this lately. Yeah. I mean, I knew then she was cool, too. Sure, she was into cool shit. She just had emotional issues, that's yeah, all. No, yeah, no, she was just crazy. Yeah. Um, and had no, like, she did not have the support that she should have had. Right. She didn't have the space to accept the right kind of support. She had people surrounding her that were... Weaker than her intellectually, which was an intentional thing, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that the people around her were stupid. They were amazing people. But the way that she needed to maintain relationships, she, like she, she was, was like alpha. Dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Constantly. And she had to be the smartest. She had to be the funniest. You know, she probably had to have the most sex uh -huh. in her time. Did you ever catch, you know, did you ever hear that? Was she like... Yeah. How was she about sexuality? Was she, like, way too open about way it? Way too open. I mean, I I think I've told you that before, that she basically, again, just, like, sat down and said, you need to have sex. Really? How old were you? Probably 15. I, I mean, I did end up having sex, like, a year later. Uh-huh. Because she was like, you are way too uptight. You really need to have sex. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. And she, you know, it's, if I was 15, she was, yeah, 35. Was she bringing men back to the house? She was pretty monogamous at that point. She had, she always had boyfriends, uh -huh. but they were always like 10 years younger than her. She liked young boys. Young she guys. liked young, blonde, uh -huh. mostly. After she stopped going out with guys that looked just like my dad, uh -huh. with who had black curly hair. Um, she only really went out with guys that were kind of not that smart, maybe, and were a lot younger. Just kind of, yeah. 
like goofy, mm-hmm. sweet, but who were 10 years younger than her. And she had this one boyfriend, I remember. He was married. He worked at a video store. The video store that she rented from. And she was having an affair with him. And Young married guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was like 27. It was so disgusting. I hated it. I was mortified. Because what I could hear think? them having sex. What did they think when they saw you? Like a like a 16-year-old, 15, 16-year-old girl, like... Wait, like, <laughs> like if I was if I was to go over a girl's house right now, that's how those situations happen. Is you you're like, oh, I'm kind of into this, you know, older woman, and you're into her, and then you see she has yeah, a 16 year old daughter. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you're in her house. Out. That would weird it's, me out. It frankly. is weird because you're right in the middle of both of their ages. Right. So things can turn wrong. Look, nothing happened with me in any of those. Yeah. You know, yeah. I wouldn't do the ten foot pole would right. not touch any of those right. people. And that was Which actually you, had. you did have that ten foot pole <laughs> the in, ten, in the ten uh, foot cock. <laughs> I was very afraid. I was I was terrified to be intimate with anyone. And because because of of just how in your face it was all the time, or what? Yeah, that oh. was part of it. But it was also just my personality. I was really, you know. And still am very controlling, and I was very protective of myself physically. Mm-hmm. Like I did not, I didn't really like being close to people. I mean, I liked you know hugging my best friends, and I felt relaxed with them. But I mean, I like threw up the first time a boy tried to kiss me mm-hmm. in the stacks at the Berkeley Library. Mm-hmm. I know. I threw up the first time, my first kiss, too. It was because I was so upset. Like, my, you know, and I'm nervous, my stomach goes, like, insane, and then I just couldn't help it. I, like, I'd same run away. Same thing happened to me. Up. Yes. That's so, so weird. I wonder how many people have that same experience. He went to Berkeley High experience. School, too, and he's like, let me teach you how to French kiss. You you were, ju- you were in junior high, and he was in high school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's go back up forward in time, because we've done forward. we've done a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, we, we we already got into your late teens, too. So yeah. I moved out of my room at Ian's house, and I got my first apartment, which Kavai still lives in, as far as I know, which is That's really weird. Really? Yeah. That apartment down yes. by the lake? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I met this girl, Alice, who was crazy, and she worked at Gaylord's, and uh-huh. we became friends, and she was looking for... She had found this apartment through another coworker, and she needed a roommate. And I was like, yeah, of course, I will be your roommate. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I have my own apartment. That didn't work out for too long. She was really weird and crazy, but really fun. And I would come home sometimes and catch her playing bass in the mirror. But bass it would, guitar? It would, yeah, it wouldn't be plugged in. She was, in love, she was just in love with this guy that played bass in this band. That she, she was just in love with this guy. But we, yeah, we started doing cool stuff, and she was cool for a while, and then I was broke, and I somehow kept the apartment, though I could not pay for it. She was this out. one of the f- first girls that you that you had? I mean, it sounds to me that you, that things went sour. Yeah, but not as badly as like things would get sour later in my life. Okay, so the, it wasn't so, that bad. So until maybe. you when you say when I met you I <laughs> was around when you started to be unravel or started to realize yeah. that you had issues yourself. So yeah. before that, things didn't go too sour. 
Well, they went sour enough for her to move out. That's sour. That's sour. But I yeah. somehow kept the apartment. I don't know how I kept the apartment. It's manipulative. I don't know. I made it happen. I didn't have the money. Anyway, so then I like interviewed other girls, and I, I ended up picking the wrong roommate. Yeah. Who was really crazy. Okay. And had this crazy cat. Yeah, that didn't last for long. I had to kick her out. And then I had a friend staying there, and then her friend came and stayed, and he told us he had cancer, but he was actually lying. Really? Yeah. You know, he was probably taking speed or doing things, one of those kind of guys, and kicked him out. And very briefly, I had the place to myself, and then I met Kavai. Yeah. And then... Where'd you meet him at? At Rasputin Records. At the record store. Yeah, he was the manager there. It was where I met Ethan, also. Right, right. They were both managers. Um, and what, mu- what music were you listening to at that time? Do you remember? Probably still some punk rock, some rockabilly. Yeah. Probably. It was a low point for me, musically. Yeah. I was confused. I probably didn't listen to that much music right at that time. But then Kavai moved in, and then it was like, oh... His whole CD collection came with him. Right. And he has such eclectic taste in music mm-hmm. that I was really, the yeah, I was opened to this whole world of all kinds of music. I mean, he dressed like a raver, mm-hmm. but he was much more into experimental. He was very into experimental music, either electronic or otherwise. So, yeah, we both really liked Deep Puddle Dynamics and Green Think were like the first two. I the think, weird, that the we weird had. anaconda shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kavai, even more than me, like loved Adam. Uh-huh. He just, he was like, this guy's a genius. This yeah. guy's a genius. That's what I thought as well yeah. when I met him. I mean, he's a genius. Yeah. Me? So that's, kind of, that's really cool. kind of what set you on that new path of like actually. Yeah. Caring about what you're listening to and kind of getting yeah. deep, deeper it into conscious. it. Yeah, and I, I think I probably started sort of revisiting the records that I had listened to growing up. Yeah, which I really just kind of put away. Right, I didn't think after were you cool. had a distaste for your mom and dad. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't want to listen to any of the stuff. She loved, you know, David Bowie and Joni Mitchell. Uh-huh. Yeah, musically, it was a cool time. A lot of ex- exploring and experimenting. Yeah. Wanted to be a DJ, you know, that kind right. of thing. Because that was the top dogs at the rave scenes? Yeah. Yeah. I met a few DJs that were really good, and I really liked I liked DJs that could scratch really well. Uh-huh. And that's, that's, really. that's when I met you. I mean, that... Yeah. Yeah, I guess I met you through Adam. Yeah, who talked about you constantly. He, Adam did constantly. when I was still living in Cincinnati? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, it was crazy. What, what was he saying? What was he saying? Oh, just the sweetest things. He loved you. He, yeah. like, and I also think he thought you were his little, like, protege. I was. Yeah, so that was kind of like, he had a, it was like a mutual reverence, maybe. Yeah. You know, he really thought that you just had something that was very unique, and he really loved what you were doing and what yeah. you were into, and just you as a person. I was like, who is this Yoni guy? He's like, uh-huh. always talking about him. So then for a while, I was like, maybe he's in love with him a uh-huh. little bit. Going back to me thinking that everyone's gay. But you still gay. think Adam's gay in some way. Well, I think you're gay, too. Yeah. So. Well, you might be right you about all of us. Might be right about all of us. 
All closets. <laughs> um, All men should experience homosexuality at some point in their that's life. That's what you want. I mean, I think it's... It's not... I don't think it's unnatural. What about women? Do you think women should all experience... Yeah, of course. Yes. Did you go through that phase? <laughs> yes. In what, I during... didn't. I didn't love it, but I also didn't have, like, memorable... I just, yeah. Which period was that in? The, f- hmm. the first time I was like nine. Really? Yeah. My first sexual experience with a, a human being was. That makes it sound like I was into things that were non human. <laughs> That's not what I mean. Like, other than, like, you know, masturbating or something. Uh-huh. The first experience I had sexually was with my neighbor. Huh. Yeah. A girl. A girl. Yeah. Yeah. Also nine? Or yeah. around that age? Yeah, yeah. Um, was it her idea? or? Mm, probably not. I think it was probably my idea. And then I had another experience Based on to what? a different How did you neighbor. know about that? I was telling this to Becky recently. Probably have, like, some repressed situation. Not that that's why I would do it with a girl. Yeah. That's not what that means. But I, yeah. I had strange, I had very strange ideas of sex. And then I, like, stayed away from it after those two experiences. Which were both girls? Both girls. Okay. Because I was terrified of men. I was really terrified of men. Because of what, like, maybe what your mom told you or something? Yeah, I mean, my the legacy of my dad right. was horrible. He was supposed to be supposed He was this insanely creative genius who was so mentally disturbed. Uh-huh. You know, bipolar, extremely bipolar, tried to kill himself, tried to kill her. Uh, is that all true, or is that stuff that... I really don't know. Yeah. I mean, my dad doesn't really want to talk about it too yeah. much. Yeah. I've tried in the few times that I've been able to broach the subject with him. I've tried. I don't... I, I think he probably thinks it's not true to a certain extent. I mean, he, he admits that he was completely out of control. Uh-huh. He also told me that he walked up to a complete stranger, got out of his car, walked up to them at a stop light, and punched the driver in the face. Because they the driver Because they, like, would, they wouldn't drive. They wouldn't go. Or some reason, you know. So he might have been out of control. He might have. He very likely could have. Yeah. My mom is going to be furious if she hears me say I mean, she knows that I doubt everything yeah. she's ever told me about but anything, you, but, but especially about abuse. Yeah. Um... But we, you, I know, you, you know that he that he's yes he was diagnosed bipolar and yeah, he has issues. but he wasn't then he wasn't diagnosed bipolar till he was well into his adulthood. Yeah, but I'm saying back then I'm sure he still exhibited this you know oh yeah those symptoms yeah I believe that he was very I mean just my whole family has told me like he was insanely manic all the time and would do crazy shit. So you had some some trepidation around around men. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, my 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 first real like acting out, I guess, being aggressive and angry was toward men. I didn't trust them. I was terrified of them in all res- respects, and I especially did not deal well with male authority. Mm-hmm. I had a constant problem from a very young age with men that were. In, in any kind of authoritative position, whether they be teachers, mostly because that's... That's scary. That's scary shit. I always yeah. thought that as well. Yeah. By the time I was in eighth grade, 
I was constantly in the principal's office getting pink slipped. Right. Yeah, so I had to have, like, meetings about my behavior. She's, <laughs> like, so stupid. Yeah. So I found sanctuary or whatever in female relationships when I was younger. My life really flipped. It really went from being almost exclusively female relationships. I think once I lost my virginity... Uh-huh. Um... You were like, oh, men are not that scary, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I was lucky. I was able to do it in, like, a loving way. I had a boyfriend who was kind and you mm-hmm. know, ended up fucking me over later. Mm-hmm. But... They all do. They always, all will. Always, in the end. Yeah. But it really, it was just stopping trusting women once I, like, kind of woke up to the fact that my mom was not this selfless just free spirited creative person that she sort Mm -hmm. of was like advertising herself as to me or at least in my mind you know my feelings for her very quickly turned I'm extremely loyal but I'm also like I don't like to change my mind about a person when I've made a decision that they are not worthy Yes. <laughs> to like, I've noticed this. Yeah, yes. I I will, and I've I have gotten better. I'm more, I'm much more forgiving. I don't like to hold grudges. I mean, they feel terrible. I don't like. You don't to like it, but I, you'll do it if it's necessary. Forever. I'm I'm way Not more myself. selective. Yes. I'm way more selective. I feel like I can. I have a better judgment system. It is a judgment system, yeah. but it's it's more refined. It's yes. not as arbitrary, and I don't. Immediately, right. It won't mistrust. be some tiny, tiny little thing. I won't immediately mistrust you just upon meeting you, right? Which is what I definitely used to be. I was very wary of strangers. I did not like meeting new people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then I just found that male, whatever, was just better suited for me. I just couldn't. What about it? Like, it's easier. I mean, it's. I felt like I had a better place. I don't know. I just couldn't... I just couldn't compete with women. I couldn't handle mm-hmm. them. But I you felt, felt like so with men... insecure. With men, you, there was not that same competition. It was, no, you, it, was the like op- it was the, the opposite. The girl. Yeah, it was the opposite. It was like, okay, I can kind of... I can be this kind of person, and all you guys are this kind of person, and so I can sort of, like, be fascinated with what's going on with you guys, because you're guys... And you can be fascinated with just me mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I'm just me. Right. You like you know? the, you're a Leo. You like the attention. I did. I liked yeah. the attention. Yeah. yeah. And in some ways it was healthy and in a lot of ways I, I it was not healthy at all. I mean, yeah. a lot of things that were going on with me were not healthy. Yeah. I was beginning to realize that when I was about 20 uh-huh. or so. Yeah, around the time that we met. Like I said, it was the beginning of the unraveling. And then it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. You were hanging out with a drug dealer guy who was actually a really, really cool guy. Yeah. But he was... I mean, he wasn't a drug dealer. Let's not say that. He's... I I love him so much. I mean, I miss him, you know. I don't love him that way anymore. Sure. Um... I know. I I like the guy a lot. I'm just saying that that drugs were a big part of his world. Yeah. Not bad drugs. He wasn't like... You know, his life was 
Strangely dangerous. Yes. And Which he you was like, extremely you... lucky that yes. nothing worse ever happened. To him. Yeah, yeah. But you know, he was surrounded by the spirit of Jaw. Really, he I think he believes that. Huh. And it really worked for him. I mean, he just was like, he's a Pisces. He's very much a Pisces. Uh-huh. So he just flows. You know, it's constant flow. And, yeah, so, I mean, it was exciting hanging out with him, obviously. Yeah. And he was so good looking and just Swab. such a cool guy. Yeah. He was a cool guy. Yes, yes. Yeah, I always <sighs> felt like when when he would come around, I always felt like, I, I was like some nerd kid. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. He was like my age. <laughs> right. He was like my age or maybe a little call, older. He's, he's older. He's like... He's probably well, 40 no. now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a couple years older than he, Josiah. You he's know, 40 hey, now. Whatever. I'm just saying, like, That's I always just felt like, like so sunned when he would come around. And like, huh. <sighs> you know, he's really nice to me, but it was like... Yeah. Okay, okay, son. I'm the man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he yeah. had he had you know he had his whole crew, he had his thing like his brother he DJed his brother DJed his brother was like legit DJ yeah. he DJed house music, yeah. and all their friends DJed house, and he's obviously very into dub and reggae, and yeah. thank God he didn't also have dreadlocks because that would have been just this oh, so bad. Yeah, but yeah he's you know he has cool style. You would always have these silver rings with turquoise. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not describing it that well. And he and, and he had such a cool apartment, you know, with the tapestries and the nog champa, and he had, he had these thriving plants. And he had a live-in girlfriend. Him. Let's not forget that he had a live-in yes. girlfriend. I guess we're gonna go there now. But I'm just saying, I always like to go wherever is interesting, yeah. and that's interesting. Yeah, that. Right. So I broke up. Your mom did that in a way. You did that in a way. Yeah, but my situation was more... I mean, when I started hanging out with Amy, I was in an open relationship with Cab, which I then ended. We were together for like four years, maybe three, three or four years, and lived together the whole time. I just was like not into it anymore, and here's this other guy. So I basically went from that to the next thing. Only thing was I had a girlfriend. Right. Who they were separated. She was living San Juan Islands, like that's where her parents live, that's where she grew up. And she was back up there. Um but there was always talk that she was gonna come back. Uh-huh. And then we would be done. So he let he let you know that like it'll be oh, over. Oh yeah from if the she, beginning. If she comes back it'll be over. If she comes back She's my... That's it. Yeah. You know? I was like, okay. Yeah, right. And she came back. And then she came back. And I met her, and... You know, I just had this weird, like, feeling about both of them. That they were somehow going to, like, save me from myself. And... And Maisie and I just didn't stop seeing each other. And... Somehow, I moved into their apartment, and With the them. three of us lived together. So weird. It was really weird, and it was really unhealthy. Would Not you, because would you it sleep was a polygamous relationship. That happened a handful of times. 
but there were very strict rules. We were not allowed to sleep together without her, which we broke that rule. Countless times. Yeah, inevitably, we both were asked to leave, totally understandably. I mean, I felt horrible. So then, and I'd lived sort of in this, like, beautiful apartment and live this, like, summer of fantasy. Uh-huh. Where I just was like, this is the perfect life. This is awesome. What, being the third Yeah, like, living in this beautiful place with these two really free-spirited, beautiful people who are obviously so solid in their relationship that they could invite me into it. Right. But I also was so tormented. Like, I just was living a complete lie. Yeah. You know? And... It, it, about... It's not like, going to last. A lie about what what could happen with the situation? Yeah. Were you... In your mind, did you dream of taking him away at some point? No. Or, no. No, I thought no that. I really loved her a indefinitely lot. Indefinitely in that situation. I thought we would just be three. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. From then on. And we were going to rule Piedmont, and it was going to be this amazing yeah. thing with beautiful music just floating through the air on right. this beautiful Oakland breeze like <laughs> how much cocaine was involved at, there was no cocaine at that time not for none, me none I didn't for do you it. no okay. I'd never done cocaine I actually openly despised it okay to everyone did they I do it sometimes do. or no no not, not really not, not it was more no it was more like um well I can't say the name of the club but I took you yeah. there once yeah I remember the place those guys would go there and they would partake in things. Sure. Because that was, they were house DJs and right. like, and being like in the techno scene or whatever house yeah. scene specifically. I mean, there was no limit to the kind of drugs that these sure. guys were going to be doing, and that but was that's, really but fine. The only reason I but ask, I hated it. The only reason I ask is because it's like that seems like some you know you're saying well, we're gonna. Three of us were gonna roll Piedmont. You know that. That's yeah. like some like coke no. dream to me. It's but like, it wasn't. It, no, no, no. It was. It was pure. It, it was, was pure. really pure. <laughs> yeah. It really was. I yeah. Mean, I just. I was living a double life. Like in my mind, I. Yeah. I. The inside of me was rotting. Like right. I hated myself. Yeah. But I could pretend really well to be someone else. Yeah. And that's what I did. I pretended I was like this cool, happy, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to live together and we're going to wear turquoise jewelry and like be like Berkeley, but Oakland style, which is a little more real. Right. But there was still just like, and it was, it was spring into summer, which is the most beautiful time in the Bay Area. And I was going to these shows, these DJ nights, and I was going, you know, and just doing cool stuff, and I didn't really have to make any money somehow. Because you didn't really pay rent. I pay, I think I gave them some money, You yeah. made good money, though. Yeah, and then I started working at a step forward, so, around that time, so shoe I worked store. at that crazy-ass shoe store. Yeah. Maybe I was already working there. Anyway. That's where I ran into you, actually, was at, at was the shoe there? store. Yeah, like, on Piedmont, um... I mean, I had met you with Adam once before or something, but like right when yeah. I first moved out to the Bay, right. I was I lived right by Piedmont, so I, I, I right. met you out front of the shoe store. 
we yeah. talked for a while. Right, because you were going to Gaylords and yeah. hanging out there and stuff. That ended, and I think I moved back in to my apartment for a little while. With Kavai? With Kavai. Yeah, you did. I did. Shamefully. Tail between my legs. And he took you back. Took me back. But I slept in my own room. Yeah. It was like a, that apartment, you know, has like one bedroom and then a half yeah. bedroom closet thing. So I got a bed, and I had a job, and we were not together. No. And it was very strange, and I was so grateful to him. Yeah. So grateful. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's, he's great. Um, and then, then then you moved in with me. Yeah. Then we yeah. moved to Whitney. I guess you were trying to get out of that, out of the place with him. Yeah. And I knew that I would have, I had a room because Josiah wasn't going to move out there. Yeah. Until like six months later. And then Doug was going to move out too. But Doug had already moved there, I think, or was you shortly know, he came, after. He came shortly after we moved into the house. So we lived in that house on Whitney. Yes. Um, we did. With me, you, Doug, and then later Josiah moved in and you moved around the corner with Anna. I mean, that, that, that is a crazy time, yes. obviously. We had some crazy times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, I really, I, yeah, that was like the lowest point. In some ways, it was really great. I mean, I have very fond memories of being there, but I also, I was, I was like left with no other choice, really. And and revealing myself to myself was just a nightmare. It was so awful. I was just such a wreck all the time, and yeah, I just like went from this sort of like high of being really happy or so I thought yeah. to being completely the opposite just you know I don't know if I had suicidal thoughts necessarily we all did I mean not we I mean, all you but were I not did. in a good place I was in yourself. a terrible place it was very weird that we both you we know, were both dark as Fuck. Yeah. You were, I mean, look, I was working on Oakland School Asylum, fucking yeah. carving shit into my chest. Which was terrifying. You, you, you were, you, you were like, you, you would go back to your room like several times a day snorting coke. And, Which was and a be, brand new thing. Let's <laughs> just, and very short lived. Yeah. And, 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 and you would have these girls over, suicide girls, and you were taking well, photos. Okay, so let's, yeah, well, let's go back a little bit. I started taking photos for suicide girls which was the second website I started taking photos for. I met them just as they were starting, and they asked me to be a Bay Area photographer for their site, um, which I thought that's what I was going to do for, like, the rest of my life. Yeah. I was like, oh, I you found it. it. Yeah. I loved it. You it were was good awesome. at it. Yeah. I loved doing it, and it was such a cool experience. And I, like, suddenly was my own boss, kind of. Um, I didn't get to, like, hang around during the shoots. No, because you weren't allowed, even though they were in our house, which was kind of funny. You did a shoot in my bedroom, I remember, (laughs) at some point, and kicked me out. I did one in the kitchen with the same girl, and then I did two shoots with a different girl with all of the Y-band gear, like, all your stuff Uh in our living room. Uh Uh-huh. Where she was like, you know, we put up the American flag that, like, we still have here yeah. on the wall. And she was, you know, it was like all-American rock and roll girl kind of oh, thing. Oh, <laughs> Wearing, like, the bass guitar. be a guitar. fly on that wall. 
you probably didn't find her attractive. Well, maybe you did then, but I not now. I don't remember. Um, and then in our bathroom, I shot, I yeah, photographed her in in that bathroom, which was such a crazy bathroom. That house was so weird. It was just such a cool house. I though. actually liked that house. Yeah. yeah. I liked my room because it was up uh-huh. the stairs and in the back. But so that was sort of the yeah, that was the lighter side of things. Um, but yeah, some at some point during that time, I decided that if I'm going to keep talking shit about people who snort coke, I should probably try it. Yeah. To have an informed opinion. And, I mean, that's what I told myself. But in reality, it was like, I'm a piece of shit anyway. I'm going to so do anything that I should probably feel start okay. doing things that are really nasty. Yeah. Like doing coke. And... And then I realized that it was awesome, and I loved it, and I could do so much. Yeah. I could work constantly, and I, like, was really meticulous. Yeah. And then I would just listen to records and then cry myself to sleep, and then I would do more, and then cry more, and then I would do more, and then I would do more photographs, and so I was like... Not a sustainable way of living, exactly. No, (laughs) no. But fun for a time, I suppose. Yeah. And terrible for the it was, same time. Oh, yeah. It was so terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I've told you this before. I or reminded you, I guess. That you, yeah, you're like, you need to stop doing that. You should just stop doing that. Yeah. So I did. And I never did it again. I, after I'd said that to yeah, you? Yeah, that was, and it was really weird. Because, uh, you know, I really, like, pretty much anything you told me was, like, word. I'm like, okay. Why, yeah. did, why did I have such weight? I don't know. Because you, because you were so openly damaged, and I hadn't really experienced that before, uh-huh. other than in myself and like being with my mom, which was a different kind of thing. Yeah. And. What was I? T- I you know, I don't really remember. Yeah, you were pretty crazy, then. You, I mean, you're you were like. I know it was a bad period. Yeah, yeah. What was um, I upset about? It was like. Uh, like, the war was happening. Like, they were starting to... Att- I mean, you know, I remember... I mean, you were just... I don't know why, really. I don't know what was going through your head to start you feeling that way. I just knew that that's where you were, and... and How could I be so I dark? Like, think about, like, think yeah, about that were, area. Really, like, were, yeah. Well, it was very... I mean, it was, the like, if you parallel, like, what... You were going through at that same time what I was going through. It was was so beautiful there. Yeah. And there were such really great things going on. Yeah. And there's a lot of things to be really happy about. Yeah. Great relationships. Yeah. But total disturbance when you close your own door. You know, Weird. you just couldn't you just couldn't handle it there was just a lot of time it was like a, there was like a dark time because then anna came into the situation anna came into the and situation. she had been like her boyfriend had been and like that whole beating situation. her and all that shit like and that, yeah and that's when i met her was yeah during that time she had to stay at our house because right. he was throwing he threw the tv, TV through, through the, the window wall or wall or something yeah i thought it was a window i, I don't know I it was a window. but man right so she had to come yeah stay and then I didn't really know what was going on with you because I was so wrapped up 
And same with you. You were so wrapped up in whatever was... Yes. That it was hard. It, I just knew that we were, like, both not right. Yeah. Not okay. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Doug. Like, Doug's... Doug wasn't right either. Yeah, but I didn't really know Doug. No. And, I mean, I didn't really know you either that well. He was depressed, well, though. And maybe it's just the spirit on that house. I mean, probably you know it was. I mean? That place was cursed. I don't oh. know. I mean, and then that whole situation... I mean, you and I, our relationship became strained. Yeah. Basically... I mean, the main thing was was the event. Okay. Out of respect for uh, an old friend uh, who we then started talking about or discussing our history with, I have edited this section out. I never would have thought that I would do that. But uh, he sent several requests to me, long emails, personalized and I feel like I'm fine to do that for him. Uh, I, I feel like we told the story in earnest. Now, we did leave out a couple of key elements, perhaps, and that's the only reason I should cut it out. So we're going to move on to the next little section of this conversation, uh, which is when... Liz and I both moved down to Brook Street, down in uh, another part of Oakland. Okay. Anyway, yeah. then we became friends again, and you moved in yeah. next door to me. Oh, no, I mean, I moved no, in next I, door yeah, to you. you. You moved next door to me. <laughs> yeah. On, yeah. Uh, on Brook. On Brook. The, the famous Brook. And yeah. the famous Whitney, really. But From song. From song. Which was a whole other crazy chapter in our oh, lives. Oh, God. Another dark chapter. <laughs> But, not as yeah, dark. Yeah, not, not as dark, as dark and, but dark in totally different ways. Yeah. I mean, our neighbor, the crazy... That guy, yeah. He would be drunk all day, <sighs> sitting on his car in the driveway, talking to himself. He was legitimately crazy. Yeah, he would knock on our doors. He would leave, like, he weird... He terrified me. Weird shit, like, he... Leave stuff, like, I... Slipped a $20 bill under my remember, door one time. Remember you came home, and he was, like, standing... Yeah, at my door. At your, with, like, a key or something. He was just standing there. And then that night, he, I was in my apartment, and which was a room. And this guy was outside of my room, standing in the hallway with something in his hand. And he was just, he was just standing there. Yeah. Now, he was fucked and up. And he wouldn't move. And I had a little, pee, a little peephole, and I would watch. And I remember, I, you know, I think I called Josiah then, and... Or somebody, and I was just like, I couldn't. Because yeah. you weren't home. Anyway, this guy. it was guy, late. It was terrible. How we came to a head, and I don't know if you were still there, but he, he ended up karate chopping a 10 Oh, yeah, of course old. I was there. I took his dog. Okay, that's right, that's right. I that's saved right. his dog, who I then ended up having to put to oh, sleep because I couldn't God. get her adopted. So he karate chops a 10-year-old and then goes to jail. like Because he in his mind, this 10-year-old had been like challenging him or something. The 10-year-old was in, like, a karate class down the street and would go every Saturday or whatever. And I guess he this mm. he had built this whole story mm-hmm. up in his mind. Oh, yeah. There was that, that, that little karate school on the little corner. Dojo. Of, like, yeah. Piedmont and yeah. Broadway. We're deep in time-wise. I know. I think we should try to wrap it up, but I want to get we into... We haven't even it. talked about any of the now. Well, I, I want to get into <laughs> the now a little bit. Like, um, yeah. you know, you, you started making music... When and, and, and how and why and, and... Well, I started writing 
I'd always written little things, especially when I was with Blaze. I actually wrote a lot of stuff that I had just recently found. I started writing songs. Josiah taught me how to play a little guitar. My dad bought me a guitar, and I decided to try to start writing some little songs. And I was terrible at the guitar, and I did not like playing it, but it was my first way of being able to, to make little melodies. Uh, you know, and, and so I wrote these little songs. And a lot of those songs ended, ended up being seven years later on my first record, hmm. which... Much um, changed and all that. So many times. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. I have, like, all the different versions of these songs, and it's crazy to think about how they started as little guitar things, and then I got a laptop, and I had a really shitty little recording program. It wasn't GarageBand, but it was, like... Audacity is what it was mm-hmm. called, actually. And I would just record the vocals right in mm-hmm. and play guitar and record it that way because I couldn't figure out how to use the four track that Josiah gave me. Um, and then I, a couple years later, when we got our house and now I had suddenly had instruments mm-hmm. and I tried to figure out how to record myself terribly. You know, I recorded piano stuff instead and did little percussion things. So then the songs became that. And then I wrote a few new songs and then learned Logic, got Logic. And mm-hmm. and that's how I was able to actually finally write a song. I was not able to do it in any cohesive way, I thought. I mean, it just was, like, terrible. I hated recording instruments. I'm not a musician in mm-hmm. that way, so I can't. I can't record instruments well and play them well. But you took to the sort of production, the arrangement of things. Yeah. MIDI was the answer to, I mean, I could just do anything. Mm -hmm. And I finally was able to sit down and compose the songs, how they would become. Mm -hmm. And it was really life-changing. I felt like I had total control. I, I don't know. Um, No. I don't think I heard them that way. I heard them more just like on the like Rhodes piano or something, mm-hmm. the little bass, which I had learned to play, mm-hmm. um, not very well. But so that's sort of the how. The why is that I've always wanted to do it, mm-hmm. and I, but I've been so afraid. Did you so what, like? Afraid. What did you sing to yourself? Because like you have yeah. such a great voice. Did you grow up always kind of singing in the shower and stuff? Yeah, but always to myself. Secretly. It's very secret. Secret singer. Secret singer. And yeah. I loved it. I yeah. loved it. I sang to the love of my life, Kate Bush, uh-huh. and Joni Mitchell. You know, I mean, I was singing along to records of like really difficult. Singing. Right. Great, great singers that are doing all kind of flourishes yeah. and things. And yeah. really like high stuff, yeah. which was very uh, straining too. But I really, I was dedicated to it. I loved the music so much. David Bowie, Fleetwood Mac, you know, just. Simon and Garfunkel, all the classics. Yeah. Sang along with them. Really loved it. Um, when you were with the Id? Mm-hmm. Um, I sang on my first recorded song. Right. Um, which was the song on his record called uh, Clouded was the name of the song. Right. Which is weird because a lot of people call that song Cloud Dead. Right. And call Cloud Dead Clouded. But, uh, yeah, it was improvised. 
Yeah. And I, I still love it. I, I listened to it maybe like a year ago, and I was like, that was really cool. But I wouldn't let him, he wasn't in the room. Yeah. And the way it turned out was really whispery because I was, like, my face was up to the, uh, I think I recorded it right to tape in the 8-track or something, and uh-huh. I just was, like, with, like singing it right in. I had the headphones just sing, saying right into the thing. I wanted to make sure that he couldn't hear me, so I didn't sing very loudly. And it turned out really cool, and I was so thrilled. I loved it. And a lot of other people liked it. So that started to give you a little bit of of Mm. confidence, slowly. Slowly. It was very slow. Then so I would sing, you know, we would, like, be at his house, and I would just sing to records and started to feel more comfortable. Right. But didn't do, you know, any real... I mean, I just found a tape, actually... Which was very strange. I was crying and talking in a journal way on one side. And then the other side, I was, like, trying out little melodies that I had made up. This is when you, back when you were living with... No, this is when I lived by Uptown Market and Liquor. Okay. Around the other corner. Yeah, yeah I remember, I lived in I remember that, that, weird that, little, that garage. Yeah, that... Yeah. Whatever. It's terrible. Hated that place. That did not end well. How much um, ends, ends well for you? Well, things these days end. Back. Things are uh, things, things, things are looking end up now. really things well now. now. Yes, yes, which is such a relief. Yes, long time coming. But you, but okay. So to get further into so in, that's the why into the now maybe or then yeah. Regardless, you were you were able to record a full length record and you yeah and pretty much all yeah. yourself. You had yes. Josiah played on a couple things, but but you you well you you recorded actually me before that. The song that, oh, on, that on, on, I wrote right. for Josiah. Oh, I recorded that. And then when also we had on broken Good Friday. Up, also on Good Friday. Right. Yes, I sang on Good Friday. Yes. Um, which was really hard to do. I remember when I came out to visit you guys in Minneapolis. Well, to visit Josiah, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you asked me then to sing. Right. In Andy and Julie's basement, their uh-huh. studio. I remember that. Yeah. Andrew did it. McDermott, and I was like, no, 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 I'm not yeah. doing that. That's no way. I was like sweating just at the thought of it. It right. was so terrifying. But we lived across the hall at that time, right? Yeah. So I had you over, and, and you did it. Yeah, there. so then, yeah. yeah, when we got back, or when you got back, yeah. like, just, I want you to sing on this thing. And I was like, okay, well, it's just if it's just you and me, right? then I'll do it. Right. And then, yeah, then later, when Josiah and I were seeing each other, Right, we we recorded that song. We recorded the song for him. Yeah. Which I still have not done anything with. You did that. It was an awesome recording. Yeah. And then I re-recorded it later. Uh Uh-huh. And now I'm actually going to use the like an instrumental sort of small clip of it for commercial stuff. Oh, that's cool. So I've re-recorded it again, just a little riff or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. I've got to be seeing a percentage of that. <laughs> That's true, actually, because I'd written it on guitar, and then I had a bass line for it, which you're like, get rid of the guitar. We're right. going with the bass line. That's right. the main thing, which was which was a good idea. So, and then after... So I, d- I was dabbling. Yeah. But I, I did not... I mean, it wasn't like anywhere near a reality that music was going to be something that I was going to be able to do. Right. I still wanted to do photography... 
And then remember I wanted to make a documentary about why. Did you? Yeah. One of the many people that, that wanted to make a documentary about why that yep. never, never happened. I know. I, I, I yeah, it's, I remember having a conversation with you. I get sat down a lot. In my life. Did I sit you down? You sat me down. You came over to my apartment uh-huh. after I told you that I wanted to do that. And you sat me down, and it was like, a, it was a real pep talk. Yeah, you kind of sat there with your leg <laughs> like that. And you said, you should just, you need to decide what you're going to do. Right. You know, you said, you have some creative talents that you dabble in, but you don't take anything seriously, and you should really just, if you want to be an artist, you need to dedicate your life to it. Right. And, you know, I believe like, that. I know, I know, it's true, you know, but I wasn't ready. Yeah. I'm very slow. Yeah. You think that I do things really quickly. Well, no, and sometimes things, I do, things but quickly, I'm a very slow learner, like, yeah. and I learn things the hard way almost all the time right you know being very fearful of of succeeding at something meant that it took me forever to come to like and this is really what I want to do I mean this I'm not stopping doing this music stuff yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. really good doing yeah, it yeah you seem right at home it, yeah it feels it. right and and I like seeing my progress I can have a very objective view of it, which is unusual for me. Uh-huh. And I'm excited about stuff that I'm doing now. I think it has much more potential. You know, there's like two songs on this EP that are way more, I think, better written and better constructed and more, like, accessible uh-huh. as, as far as songs go. And then the other songs are more experimental, which is really exciting. Yeah. You know, but I have so much to learn, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> now I have a fistful of bloody tissues. <laughs> well, maybe yeah, yeah. I mean maybe that's a good place to stop unless there's anything else that we oh, we, we missed. That's good. Cool. Um, well, well, yeah. Let's 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 sign out. Yeah. Uh, I've I've been sitting in Liz's living room here in Northside, Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, it's been a pleasure. We're gonna sign off. Say bye to the people. By the people. Hello to the people. And also goodbye. The Wandering Wolf Podcast at gmail.com. Any suggestions, any thoughts? Let's try to do that that, uh, phone call one. In a, in a couple weeks let's do it let me look on my calendar here hold on Saturday the 15th does that work for y'all if that works for y'all schedule it works for mine maybe we'll do like a post Valentine's Day wrap up you can tell me about your date and uh, I can I can cry about the fact that I didn't have one let's not speak so soon who knows you never know where Cupid strikes you know what I mean and when I say that, I mean, okay, Cupid, and uh, my browsing section. No, but you, you, you never know. I could be married by Valentine's Day. Stranger things have happened. So I'm, I'm not going to count my chickens, but uh, I know there are none. <laughs> there are no chickens. 
let's let's try that though. The fifteenth uh, in the afternoon here on East Coast time. Uh, maybe I'll do it between let's say noon and three in the afternoon East Coast time. You West Coasters have a chance to wake up at nine, so you might get caught off off guard there. But uh, that's good. That's better. Better I catch you in your in your subconscious. So you can ask me questions. I'll ask you questions. We'll have a little chat. And uh, then I'll make sort of like chat roulette with my podcast listeners. How's that sound? All right, y'all. The sirens are coming. Coming to take me away. I got to go. It's been a pleasure, as always, uh, bringing this podcast to you. Uh, I am not stopping. With your support, I am going to keep going. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Keep wandering. Maybe that's an outro, actually. It sounds more like an outro. I'm like, oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> or something like that. This sort of bridges the gap between the sort of the then and the now for me. Part of the reason, and this is so obvious to anyone who does anything creative, but this is like an epiphany to me recently. Yeah. Now that I can express some aspect of myself with music, yeah. I finally have the right venue for the emotional, fantastical, whatever stuff that goes on inside of me. Right. Whereas I never had had an appropriate outlet for it before. Absolutely. And it just, this is like a revelation to me to realize that I can still do, I can still feel all those things and then I have a place to put them. Right. And all I've ever wanted is a place to put them. Right, right. And now it's just like, oh my God, I can really, I can accept myself as being emotionally dark and I can go back and I can read things that I wrote a long time ago and I can access something from that but I can also then go to sleep at night Mm -hmm. like I don't so it's almost like thinking about David Lynch and how crazy his stuff is but how normal and how together with the transcendental meditation stuff I mean he's weird in the fact that he's so normal seeming yeah. compared to what he envisions and right. then shares with everyone. So it was really it feels really good to to feel like I don't have to continue saying or be told you need to stop feeling this way, you need right. to stop having because that's really who I feel a big part of me is like this very you know it's very dramatic and And I'm not going to make movies, and I'm not going to write a book, at least not anytime soon, so now I can do this, and and I can feel, like, peaceful about it. I think that 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 makes perfect sense, and I I think I, I had a similar experience, you know, I had a similar experience with that, like, I, I... when I found music, uh, when I was like 18, and it, it, you know, 
yeah. it had a similar effect on me. It was like, yeah. oh my god, like that's exactly what it felt like. It was like I can I can take this piece of me that's so so troubled yeah. and put it on tape, and like there it is. And then that's me kind of sharing it with the world too. You know what I mean? Like, right. And uh, and it also just made me feel it was cathartic. I mean, that's yeah, the way that's to what say. it is. It's yeah. cathartic. Yeah. Oh, in one word, it's cathartic. Yeah. So I, I that. That's, I think, one of the main reasons why I do things as well. Yeah, I mean, I know, like I prefaced it by saying, it's obvious that that is what people do. But you you have to be aware of that. But but you can know it, and and you hear other people talk about that, but it's a different thing to feel that. Yeah. And it it, it does feel revelationary when you you feel it. Right, because in the past, I would listen to music... And then I would indulge in those feelings and still not be able... Like, it was, like, torturous almost. Like, oh, these people, they just know, you know. So many people have that experience of listening to music. They're so affected by it. You know, the words that you're saying or the energy of the music. But, yeah, but to, to, like, actually be able to be lucky enough to do something about it. Yeah. Finally, it's just like, oh. That's great. I no longer need to have, like, my life filled with turmoil and drama. But I also have a, a very safe life now that yeah. I also never imagined for myself. Yeah. I had no idea my life would be like this. Mm-hmm. Because finally somebody was like, okay, well, you're crazy and fucked up. But you don't, I don't think you have to be that way always. Right. Someday you probably won't be. And was willing to invest in that. As I think Josiah's been very good for you. Incredibly good. Yeah. I just absolutely life changing for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's and it's great now. I love it. I love being able to work. I mean, sometimes it's infuriating to work with anybody for me personally, but yeah. I mean, we're learning. I think. I'm learning, I should say, because he already knows how to work with other people. Mm-hmm. I'm finally learning. It's a hard. That's a hard thing to learn, you know. Yeah, giving it's, up it, the control is a, very. It's hard. a matter of confidence. I mean, it's it, the the. It's a matter of confidence in your vision, um, and yeah, not being afraid of it being shaken because you know you know where to put it back in a way you know what I mean like yeah uh and, it, and it's about other people understanding your vision too and, and you trusting them with that yeah you know you you've been very influential to me over the years listening to the music that you've made but also just in being able to play in your band mm-hmm. you know I mean sometimes you drive me really crazy but that's also because we are kind of similar. Like, we're both very, you know, needing to be like, this is the vision. This is, you need to, to like, do it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's not right. But, yeah, being able to see how you can actually get what you need by working with other people, you know, it's really, it's very much helped me to be able to confidently say this I this is what I want here yeah you know I need to help with these and, kinds and of things so, sometimes you know I'm, I'm, and I'm learning this now is to be a little loose you know like yeah. like not always feel like like yeah there, there are certain ways that like as I'm you know I, I'm someone that has very strong opinions as are you 
and like I can hear something and know what I like and what I don't like right. most of the time not yeah. always yeah. but you know I, I and that's I think what makes me a good producer or music maker person mm-hmm. you know what I mean uh, but there are also times to trust someone else in a way and, and let those even if you have a feeling about something kind of let it slide a little bit right um, because it, it's not a life or death issue and like yeah. to to sort of see what someone else might bring to the table because that might be cool too yeah. uh, and and let that integrate because later you know when I go back to stuff that I've done later like it's not always the you know very specific controlled ideas that I might have had that I like the best like mm-hmm. I like those aspects and I think that I have a talent for that you know for for hearing a certain sort of thing and, and making it a reality but some of the stuff I like the best is some of the like stuff that other people have done that that you know maybe initially I thought was too chaotic you know what I mean mm-hmm. but like I go back and I'm like yeah wow that's actually really interesting the way that that plays off that you know what I mean because right, like right. your ear really grows can really grow to like something that initially you know for for me you know like I can I can structure a song into into order in in, in a way that is perfect orderly wise yeah or whatever I mean not only perfect like the, the perfect sound or song but like you know, like, do a crossword puzzle out of a song. Right. And I'm pretty good at that and making it, like, whatever. Yeah. But, like, sometimes You figured out the right formula. Right, the right way. The yeah. right way, quote, unquote. But sometimes right. that's right. not the best thing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes yeah. the best thing is, is that, that coloring out of the lines that, that someone else might right. do, you know, over what I did. And then sometimes marrying those two things is, is really cool. So yeah. I'm, I'm learning now how to do that, how to really let, let that in and let that element... Uh, permeate the thing, you know, so, so this, it's, a, it's a healthy mix of things. Yeah. You got all tuck it out by eating the bone. Oh, the baby man. All right, is that... Yeah, a, that's, yeah, I just wanted to share that one little, little postscript. Postscript. The weight of it crushes the day 